Grief is hard enough, <laughs> but if your relationship was less than a good relationship, it can add confusion to an already confusing time. When you lose someone that you had a tough, tortured, or tragic relationship with, you must decide not to allow the troubles of the past define your future. Not an easy task. When you're ready to rebuild your life, you don't want to build it on the faulty foundation of the past. So in this week's episode, I'll share important actions to take to allow you to move forward from those relationships that are hard to live through, harder to explain to others, and even harder after they've died. Hey friend, welcome to the Grief to Great Day podcast. Do you feel like you're going crazy? Is the shower the only place for you to really cry? Are you surrounded by people, but you still feel all alone? Do you want to be the you you were before your loved one died, but you have no idea how to get there? I'm Steph Cabanis, Southern by choice, wife, turtle triathlete, Jesus follower, and fellow traveler in the journey of grief. I too struggled to breathe, questioned God and my faith, and thought I would never be happy again. But God took my brokenness and he turned it into a breakthrough. So if you're ready to understand how to navigate grief, lean into your faith and take just one step towards healing, then bring your ugly cry, get into a comfortable place, even if that's your bed right now, and let the healing begin. Girl, there's hope for your future. Come on in this house and join me on that couch. I'm Steph and this is Grief to Great Day. Thank you for being here. I hope you feel welcomed and heard through this podcast. Hey to everyone listening north of our border in Canada, our spotlight country this week. I also want to give a shout out to Washington State who remains at the top with the most downloads. It's important for you to know that you are not alone as you walk through the hardest season of your life. You know, I have shared a lot of my grief journey and though there's much more to cover, there's another grief I experienced that was weird, too easy, and made me feel guilty for not having any tears. This is a different kind of journey from another part of my life and the reason I left Maryland over 33 years ago. My dad died at age 72 from emphysema. I was 32 and finishing my first master's degree. You know what, I just realized that both times I was finishing a master's degree, someone I loved died. Yeah, no more school for me. He was in Annapolis in the same hospital I was born in and was struggling to breathe. Now, he had been hospitalized many times in his last years, so we had hoped that this was just another one of those times, though my aunt felt it was a little different. He is such a good guy, and our personalities were similar. That's why I said he was a good guy. <laughs> he wanted to read the progress on my thesis and told me how proud he was of me on the last day I saw him. Monica had gone with me, and two days after returning to North Carolina, he died. This grief was hard, but I had lived away from home and in a different state for over nine years, so the distance provided a bit of a buffer. Now, the easiest grief was my mother. I have close friends, and I'm privileged to email some of you who have lost your mother, and the loss you experience is deep, painful, and life-changing. My experience was very different. Because I know some of you can relate, 
I share this, but it's not something that's easily discussed. Becoming a Christian is the best gift of my life. And it's also created some self-inflicted, and I say that because this is not from God, it's from me, self-inflicted stress in how a woman of God, a woman of faith, should be or should feel. Guilt popped up a lot in my grief for Monica because somehow I thought having great faith would lessen the pain, and therefore I was obviously failing. So, as an aside, let me free you of that idea. (laughs) Having faith doesn't take away pain or grief, but it does help you walk through it and have hope. Another place I had guilt in my Christian walk was with my mother because we didn't have a close relationship. Actually, we hardly had a relationship. I knew I was supposed to have a good relationship with her, and when I was young, I worked very hard to make that happen. So when she died... I knew there should have been sadness, there should have been tears, and yet neither of those things happened. For years, I tried to work out what honor your father and mother meant in practical terms, and I feel that I accomplished that. But I also know that there are many of you dealing with a grief that is sad because it's not sad, that there should be tears, yet there are none. I want to share a few examples of why my relationship was a non-relationship and my grief a non-grief. And then I'll share what those of you who are dealing with this can do as you walk through the added confusion of not being sad when you think you should be. My mother was never happy. She was always negative and she controlled every relationship in the house. She literally told my sister consistently that my dad didn't love her and that I was his favorite. When I moved to North Carolina, my dad called me, and both he and I were chastised over the call because she had been left out. She knew he had called because she checked the phone bill to see what calls he had made during the month. After that, he had to call me collect so we could have a conversation without her constant corrections. She stopped working after my sister was born. That was in 1963, but controlled the finances and gave my dad a $5 allowance from his money each week. That's not even sarcasm. That's just how it was. She was narcissistic and had no interest in my sister's or my life. These are facts, and they don't scratch the surface of the chaos we grew up in, but they're a part of the reason we didn't have a normal mother-daughter relationship, and at 22 years of age, I knew I had to leave. And that's why I moved to North Carolina with my fiance. So in 2020, when my mother was 91, I was in Maryland trying to set up hospice for her at the house. I'm not sure I mentioned that my (laughs) ex-husband lived with her, yes, in the house I grew up in for the past 27 years. But anywho, he didn't know how to take care of setting up hospice or any of those kind of things for her. She died within a week of my return to North Carolina. My aunt, who was always more like a mom than my mother was, called the day after she died and told me that she wasn't sad and hadn't cried, which really helped me feel less like a horrible person. I honestly felt relief that her mental struggle, her dissatisfaction with life, and her fear of everything was over. I was also relieved that I would no longer have to be there out of obligation. 
Then I felt the guilt because a daughter should grieve her mother, and my grief was more about the lack of sadness. I've communicated with several of you who have had similar circumstances and grieve what should have been more than what was. Many of you had it worse than I did, and some of you are still stuck in questioning why you didn't have a mother or father or spouse or child who wasn't kind. Some of you have cut ties and then they've died. Your grief becomes more confusing because it seems less normal and less fair that it wasn't normal. So here's what's going to help you. First, acknowledge what it was, not what you wanted it to be, not what you wished it was. If they were mean, if they were hateful, acknowledge the fact, but don't allow yourself to live in it. Don't get stuck in trying to understand why they were that way or if something was wrong with you. Some of you have tried so hard and given so much in trying to fix the relationship, but you were still mistreated. We humans, we're all imperfect. But some people are hurting so badly that they hurt others, including and especially you. You couldn't fix them in life. So don't allow yourself to keep trying after their death. It's futile and it will keep you stuck. The next thing to do is to forgive them for how they treated you and also how they weren't who they should have been to you. Forgiveness is not saying that what they did was okay. It's about you freeing yourself from that anger and allowing God to handle the rest. Letting go of the hurt and pain will not happen and you will not move forward if you don't forgive. I have told my sister a million times that for better or worse, God chose our mother for us. There's a reason. There's a purpose. I don't understand why, <laughs> but there are many things I do see because of it. My sister is pained every time she talks to somebody who has a supportive and loving relationship with their mother. And she always says, why couldn't mom be like that with me? The things my sister had to endure were wrong and sad, but she's still living in the things that happened decades ago. She doesn't have peace and can't gain any real traction in life because all the junk continues to overwhelm her emotions. Now, when I hear of your or my peep stories around your moms, it makes me happy. And the difference is that I forgave and chose to move forward letting God handle the rest. Now, y'all know I am slow with everything, with the grief I had, with technology. So it took me into my 30s to have peace over the junk of my childhood. But God. All right, so let me recap that. Acknowledge what it was and not what you wished it was. You can let go of the guilt of how you should feel towards a relationship because there wasn't anything you could have done to change it. Forgive. The second thing, forgive that person in your life who hurt you the most when they should have been the ones to provide for and to protect you. This is where the healing begins. Choose to act and build a life different than what you experienced. As you move forward, 
Stop seeing yourself as that person saw you. Stop rehearsing how you've been treated. If you listen to the lies in your head, like you're not good enough, you'll never be anything, replace them with truth. And truth comes from God's word. If you change nothing, nothing will change. And you do not want to be in midlife still believing the lies of decades ago. Write down how God sees you. It's right there in the Bible. You're at an important crossroads right now of rebuilding your life. Now, are you going to build it on the same crappy foundation that brought pain, anxiety, and feelings of worthlessness? Or do you build your foundation on what God says about you and about your future? Choose. Choose to be different, to live different, and to allow God to write the rest of your story. Your journey works, or the work of your journey for this week, just one thing. Study the Bible and write down how God sees you and what God has said about your future. You can, y'all, I'm proof here, you can live an entirely different life than you've had with that parent or that spouse or child or any other relationship that should have been loving. And if you're listening and you had a loving and supportive relationship and you can't relate to any of this, <laughs> then thank God for that. And still write down how God sees you and what he has for your future. Because in grief, that stuff can get lost. And here are some other ways for you to take action and connect. Get the what do I do after the loss of a loved one workshop. I do wish I had this during my first year, and that's why I created it. This is your compass, your survival guide to help you take steps towards your healing. So if you need direction on what to do during the first days, weeks, months, or even the first year, if you feel stuck, this workshop will be your go-to. Listen at the end for more details or go to grief to great day. That's grief, the number two, greatday.com to purchase. Also, there's individual grief coaching. If you're looking for clarity or help getting unstuck, sign up for a one-time session. Don't forget, we have a private Facebook group, so join a group of incredible Christian women who were walking this out with pain and praise. And always, if you don't have a home church, visit my church, opendoorchurch.com. Links to everything you need are in the show notes. In the meantime, forgive those who have done you wrong. Let go of those ties that are keeping you from living God's life for you. Remember who holds your future and keep on coming back to the house, keep sitting on the couch, and keep taking those steps, however small or slow, towards your healing. And here's information on what to do after the loss of a loved one, the workshop. Your search for, what do I do now? It's over. If your loved one has just died and you feel like you're in the twilight zone and you don't know what to do, this is the workshop you need. What's just happened to you is surreal, and the world can feel upside down. Getting through the day is hard enough, but knowing where to find help for what you're going through should not add to the overwhelm. Don't be frustrated searching for help and then do nothing. Mindless internet searches and the quotes on loss, the ones that make you nod in agreement, may provide momentary relief, but don't you want to truly heal? I know you'd rather stay in bed, but time alone does not heal all wounds. 
What you do with the time, that is what will determine your destination. I know you've thought, I never knew it would be this hard, but you don't know what role you play in your healing process. So in this workshop, you'll discover the most important actions to take in the confusing first days, weeks, and months of grief when the world has flipped and you're still in a fog. So think about this. What if you knew the next best step to take right now as you're forced to live life without your loved one? What if you knew the destructive actions to avoid and why? What if you didn't need to sort through the list of try this or read that from well-meaning friends and family who haven't been through loss? What if you knew someone who saw the warrior rising within you while understanding the endless tears and pain you fight against every day? What if you could build your faith instead of distancing yourself from God as you process the whys, the what-ifs, and the endless questioning? And what if you had help to live when you can't imagine life without them? Now, there are four actions to take, and the workshop walks you through each of them. They are, action one, pursue God. The power, it's not in religion. It's in the relationship. Action two, understand grief. Grief will affect you physically, spiritually, and emotionally in ways you never imagined. Action three, process daily life. The daily grind, that's where the battles are won. Action four, seek support. There's a lot of choices for support, both in person and online, but not in alignment with your Christian values. Do not wait to walk toward healing. Become empowered, not overwhelmed. I know everything else is confusing right now. This won't be. You're going to receive lifetime access to the workshop, a private Facebook group, six bonuses including audio and written downloads, meditation cards, and discounts. So if you're ready to finally take God-focused, healthy action, get rid of the overwhelm, the wishing and the wanting to get better, this This is the place to start. I know what it's like to watch someone you love die, to sit in a corner and to scream, be angry with God and to hurt so bad you can't even describe it. I've experienced the kind of loss that takes your breath away. I've fought the endless tears and felt like a failure when I couldn't hold it together in church or as I ran out of the grocery store. There's hope and help. You can heal and get to the point that you're ready to create a life for yourself. And if that sounds far away or even impossible, then you're in the right place. God gave me the heart and the passion to help you walk through the hardest moments. You need to know there's life on the other side of grief. Maybe you can't even breathe right now, and the thought of laughing or being happy again seems unrealistic. Your world has been turned upside down, but you can survive and even thrive. You will breathe, laugh, and live again. The healing you want is real, and it's within your reach. And this is where you start. Take faith-based action for your healing. Go to grief2greatday.com, grief2greatday.com. Click on Work With Me and scroll to Workshop to purchase today. Look, there's a money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose, but there is help and hope to gain. Don't delay. Thank you for being here today. 
for showing up. If this podcast has given you hope, encouragement, or helped you in any way, share it with a friend, either in a text or on your social platforms. Also, please subscribe, rate, and leave a written review on iTunes. It's a huge blessing for me to know that you're out there. Lastly, and this is important, you are not alone. Connect with me on the Grief to Great Day website, the link is below, and sign up for our free newsletters. I want to be able to pray for you by name. Remember, grief isn't something you're going to get over, but a great day is something you can get to.